episode 14, ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. Yes, this is season 5, episode 14, The Relentless Pursuit of Healing. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nail. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. Yes, hello listeners, it's me again, Russia, doing another solo episode today. Got a couple of great guests coming up this month on the podcast. Today, I just wanted to wrap out you. Uh, I'm working on the book today. My goal is to get it done this weekend. It may be too lofty. It may be, but I'm going to try my best, all right? I'm going to give it the old college effort, as they say. Um... Since I've been putting out these deadlines and telling you, hey, I'm going to have the book done this time, I mean, it really is the the resistance that pops up, right? I mean, this month we've had one of our dogs got sick, another one of our dogs died, our little Chloe Chihuahua dog passed away, um, my car broke down, it's just a number of things, health issues, right now I have a bit of a, a chest cold, but I'm on some mucus medicine to help keep my voice intact. Um, but it's still, it's been, it's been tremendously difficult to, to finish this project. Just stuff that doesn't normally happen is happening, right? Bad stuff like coming in threes, fours and fives. So that's been a, a struggle, but I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm not going to let it slow me down. I'm not going to let it, well, it has slowed me down, but I'm not going to let it detour me in the drive and focus to get this book finished. I am going to finish this book, and I, I'm determined, and I'm I'm glad, right? I'm glad that I'm, I have this attitude now because this stuff for a long time, would slow me down and just make me depressed. And I think that's part of this healing quest I've been on is I'm not so easily depressible anymore. Um, I'm not so easily funkified, to use those words. Anxiety, stress, um, the election, that's another one. And a lot of you listening out there, as well as me, and I feel it start to rise up and be this level of anxiety and, and sort of pressure over what's going on in our country right now. We're about to elect uh, some moron president, right? I mean, <laughs> so I know that sounds bad. Uh, you shouldn't call them morons, Russ. Well, listen, 80% of the people in my country right now do not like any of the candidates, all right, especially the Democrat and Republican candidates. They're just awful, horrible um, candidates, people that should not be leading, but this is the best we got, so we got to go with what we got, right? And then there's the third-party candidates, and I might go for one of those, not because I think they're the greatest or the best. I think they're better than the, the two that are, right, Democrat and Republicans. I really do. But 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not excited about this election. And it's but it's stirring up a lot of fear and a lot of animosity and anxiety in people. The Los Angeles Times is actually coining it. The science department of the Los Angeles Times did this story where they're calling it election stress disorder, right? How to cope with election stress disorder, heart palpitations, shortness of breath. These are symptoms of of this election. That's how bad it is. Sweaty palms, loss of appetite, trouble sleeping. I honestly, last night was, you know, in some Facebook conversations and some folks are right talking about third parties and all this stuff and, and, and just, just having a hard time sleeping over this thing. And then I just stopped and I'm like, wait, um, the world is going to continue to click on whatever happens. Right. And my little vote. Yeah. All our little votes make a, a, a difference, but this is, you know, this is something I don't need to be all wound up and anxious about, right? It's one of the things the Bible says, um, don't be anxious for anything, for for God will provide. That's one of those things. Like, that's easy for, for to read, but how do you do that, right? That's one of those things. How do, how do I not be anxious? And one of it is to just breathe, to just be for me to understand that I'm at this time in human history for a reason, and it's it's going to be all right, all right? Um, we've survived some pretty bad presidents, and I'm sure we'll survive this next bad president, as no doubt whoever wins. Um, I, I don't know. I don't foresee a super positive next four years in this country, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. You never know glass of water speaking of uh healing and being on a pursuit a relentless pursuit of healing um the cubs won the world series now american baseball right something that's huge in my country it's the oldest professional sport in my country and the chicago cubs who were thought to be cursed all right. True story. Um, won the World Series this year, 2016. The last time they won was 108 years ago. All right. To put that into perspective, Thomas Edison, the guy who invented the light bulb, he was still alive. As a matter of fact, he started a motion picture company. Thomas Edison. Um, the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game, that was a new song. All right, back in 1908. It's funny, and and sort of, uh, there was a guy, a famous singer back then named Bill Murray, who uh, came out, I don't know if it was that song, but he was he was a famous singer back then, and he was at the, uh, the World Series. And today, uh, you know, 108 years later, another famer, famous actor from Chicago named Bill Murray was also at... This game, uh, when when the Cubs were the World Series, he actually, in one of the games, he sang the uh, Take Me Out to the Ball game for the seventh inning stretch. So I thought that was interesting fact. This new organization had just popped up known as uh, Scouting for Boys, which uh, became the Boy Scouts. That was another interesting one that happened 108 years ago. 
Uh, I mean, this was a long time ago. Henry Ford was producing the Model T automobile, right? That was in mass production back 100 years ago. Uh, The Titanic existed only as a drawing during that time. They were putting together plans to build this massive ship, the Titanic. An actress named Betty Davis was born. Um, An actor named Jimmy Stewart was born, if you've heard those names. Um, The reason I point this out is... There was a billy goat curse. You know, it's funny when when you tell someone that they're cursed and how they believe it. Did that have something to do with why the Cubs haven't won a World Series in so long? You ever ever felt cursed? I have. Man, this last month I've felt cursed. Feel you start to feel like that, right? Like everything I do turns into a disaster. Something like Charlie Brown, right? Start to feel like Charlie Brown some. Um, and what does it mean to ignore that, to walk away from that feeling, to reject it? I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel it, feel it, you know, but where your mind goes with it. I think that's when our mind starts to kick in with our fear and our imagination. We start to think about, well, maybe I'm cursed, right? Like the Cubs, I'm cursed, Well, the Cubs aren't cursed anymore, all right? So get up, okay? Well, that's encouraging, but uh, I'm encouraged by the Cubs winning, you know? I'm encouraged by the underdog, right? The outcast, the the Cubbies, you know, this suck baseball team for so long. Cubs were just horrible, and now World Series champions. I don't know, that brings a smile to my face and some warmth to my uh, jacked up ex-criminal pirate heart <laughs> right and maybe that's how we can look at this election cycle right maybe that can ease some of our election stresses to look at America like the Cubs alright the America's the Cubs right we, we're our United States we're like the Cubs Sure, this is one of the years where the Cubs suck and it's hard and we're struggling, but there'll be better years, all right? We'll make it through this, America, right? We'll hit the ball. We'll we'll get some home runs. We'll beat the Yankees. We are the Yankees. I know that makes much sense, but you get what I'm saying, right? There's something that uh, I wanted to read when it comes to this. Uh, this helped me with the election stress in my own kind of sleeplessness. Whoops, sorry. Adjusting the microphone there. Um, Check it out. This is from uh, Matthew 18, the Amplified Bible, classic edition. Uh, That's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus approached and, breaking the silence, said to them, All authority, all power of rule, in heaven and in earth, has been given to me. Right? Okay, so Jesus is in control of this. God knows what's going to happen. There is not a bunch of people running around in heaven going, oh my God, what's going to happen in the United States with if Hillary or Trump win? What, what are we going to do, right? None of that is happening in, in the kingdom of heaven, all right? So maybe that'll bring our uh, stress levels down some if we're going to have a little faith in, uh, in Jesus there, right? So, yeah, I wanted to talk about today this attitude that the show has had for a long time, right? 
change direction, right? The the show has had this has kind of been the attitude uh, of the podcast. Here here's some uh, some classic punk rock from uh, I believe the '90s uh, band called Some Forty One. Here you go. Yes, that's some 41. Prevention is my direction. Uh, that is from the album, uh, Hey, Does This Look Infected? <laughs> it's a good name for the album, right? And it also goes to the point that I wanted to make in this episode. An attitude of healing is different than an attitude of prevention. Does that make sense? Um, I think in the early podcast, I talked a lot about prevention, right? Preventing the behavior. Let's prevent this from happening again, right? And, uh, you know, those podcasts did help. They did help me, but I had some healing to do. There was some healing that I needed to do on the inside that stripping away this behavior mod, um, something I wanted to, to, to really express to you guys and I've been trying to lately, and hopefully I'm uh, articulating it effectively. But, you know, uh, healing the heart changes us from the inside out. And I've talked about in the pod, that on the podcast, right? I, I've used that term, um, change the heart, change the mind, and that changes behavior over time. But how do you change your heart? I, and I don't think we change our hearts. I think we let God heal our hearts, all right? So a power greater than ourselves moves in and does this this healing work on us from the inside out. And that healing process changes our heart, changes our mind, and does change behavior over time. But it, it is possible, and I think that's something that happened in my case, to stuff that in from the outside, to, to have that behavior change happen from the, from the outside in, right? And, and yes, I was working on that, but I don't know how many layers underneath the surface I had to get because I still, I mean, after the Mars Hill Church fell and all of that happened, just this uh, depression and struggling with that and anxiety and feeling like my my life that's the that's the book I'm doing right feeling like my life is a you know just a drift on a broken on a sea with a broken rudder right a haunted sea um feeling like that and i don't think it's just addicts okay i don't think it's just addicts that go through that feeling you know being addicted to a substance. Um, I looked up the definition. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a wordsmith, all right? One of the things I did is I looked up the definition of an addict, and an addict is a person who is addicted to particular substance. This is from dictionary.com. Um, typically an illegal drug, all right? Uh, it's also uniform, uh, an, an enthusiastic devotee to a specific thing or activity, right? Like, man, I'm addicted to... To that band, right? I I really like the 
Johnny Cash, right? I mean, that's a dating me. Uh, that's way beyond my. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, um, but in my, if I was to define addiction, like Russ, what's an addict? I would say it's someone with a lot of internal spirit or energy. All right, and and they tend to abuse certain things because we we have so much maybe spiritual energy where you know we take a good thing we make it like a god thing right we we take alcohol for example which god said is good right i mean the the psalms david calls alcohol good god made it's your idea it was god's idea jesus first miracle it's turning water into wine at a party because they the people at the party they drank all the wine and they're like jesus could you make some more wine made some good wine all right um my point is that us addicts tend to have so much internal spiritual energy that we can abuse good things when our hearts are sick, when our hearts aren't healed. And that's the passion around doing this book. And that's the passion around doing this podcast. And it's going to be, um, the passion going into the future, all right? Because I'm going to maybe have some guests on who are unorthodox as far as I already have, right? Um, not that I'm beyond that. But I am a Christian. I, I do love Jesus. But we can also learn and glean from people from other faiths, from other walks of life, people who are also on a relentless pursuit of healing. And there's things that we can glean from their stories all right to help us advance us on our own i really believe that i believe god wants to see us on a journey wants us to live an interesting beautiful story for his glory and that is the 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 where i'm taking the show in the future and uh a big passion for for doing this book I also wanted to talk about uh, a Facebook message that was maybe going after me talking about spiritual mysticism, right? Uh, being a Christian mystic, spiritual anarchist, and I, I talk about embracing the mystery. And someone um, had the right the feeling like fearful of maybe that I'm going a bad direction with with this and that that the devil wants to cause confusion in our heads right so if we're not thinking clearly he can easily distract us off the path right and this is this listener's concern and i wanted to address that some um first of all clarity is something that I am very interested in and that I'm that is what I'm talking about it's why I am a Christian mystic because there is clarity in seeing past this dogmatic certainty all right um 
obedience was brought up in that uh, that message. Um, not being obedient, right? Trying to talk, we don't have to be obedient if we're we're mystics, and, and that's that's not. First of all, that word obedience. What what does that mean? Um, obedience, obeying God is not for God as much as it's for us. All right, we are healthier when we can love God, like, you know, the Ten Commandments. When we can live by the Ten Commandments, for example, our lives go better. I mean, it's just basic preschool morality that most of us human beings can't seem to do, right? Um, The book of John says, uh, Jesus says, um, if you love me, obey the commandments. That's that's a way that we can love Jesus is to is to obey, to to follow the commandments, as he says there. I think where our attitudes can get toxic is where we start to believe that God is sort of like, sort of like that guy you know on the playground when we were kids, and they pick teams, right? And and God's up there picking the good kids that he wants into heaven with him. And then the, the outcasts, right, they, they go on the devil's team. And I, and I think that's toxic. That's a toxic way of looking at it. Um, Jesus has nothing but compassion and love for the... The prostitutes, right? The tax collectors, the 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 shady people, the sketchy people. Jesus hangs out with them. Um, the Pharisees criticize him, say, "Why does your teacher eat and drink with sinners?" Right? Um, God has a thing for us lovable losers, right? Jesus loved the Cubs when they weren't winning the World Series. All right, that's true. And I do see myself as a bit of an outcast, all right? But I'm an optimistic outcast, all right? Um, Rebellion isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, the Bible says, okay, Jesus was a rebel. When you look at the spiritual climate of the first century and what he was born into and what he railed against when it came to the religious elites of his time, um... That's true, okay? I'm not confusing people when I say that. Read the Gospels. One of my favorite verses on the subject of clarity is Matthew 7, 5. Um, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the log from your brother's eye. This is playing plank spec with our neighbors with our churches, with our other friends, right? And this, Isaiah 42, 7, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. That is that is the, the, the purpose of this podcast, all right? Um, I'm not trying to confuse anyone um, when I say spiritual anarchy is that to poke a bear or to cause some controversy or clickbait Russ are you drawing attention unto yourself um, I want to bring to light a different narrative and not that it's different it's just very very old but I think we see 
spiritual healing today, especially in the Christian realm, as something negative, as something judgy, as a super high bar that no one can possibly be good enough for. No one can be possibly good enough for this Christian God that most in the evangelical world have have propped up. Um, Grace is something we love to give ourselves, but when it comes to shedding that grace on others, this is a whole other story, isn't it? It's very difficult to give grace. We love to receive the grace from Jesus, but giving that grace away is is much more difficult. Um, spiritual healing is not selfishness or narcissism. Something else I wanted to make perfectly clear here, that sometimes it looks like it can even feel like we're being selfish as we're healing or as God is healing us. A great way to see when you're being uh, like the, the, the listener said, the listener with the concerns, right? Um, a great way to see that you're being deceived or thrown off the path is when that shame enters into your heart. And you start to feel bad for wanting to be better or to wanting to heal, wanting to see change in your life, wanting to, to see things um, get brighter, get better. Uh, and, and that is not necessarily money, all right? Maybe a part of it uh, would be great, right? But I'm talking about on the inside. If we go to work on ourselves, we may spend money on ourselves, and that can look like selfishness to outsiders, can't it? Um, a relentless pursuit of healing may cost you something. It will cost you something. If it doesn't cost you something, you're, you're probably not thirsty for it. All right? And that's true. The reason I bring this up is, is going through doing this book. I've been going through the old podcast, and uh, it's the second episode of this podcast where I talk about the reason, and I play that song by Hoopastank, right? And the reason is you. And it, when I recorded that, I really felt like that. Like, I really want to change to be a better man for her. I want to be a better husband for my wife, and I do, and I still do. But I've learned today, I've learned in the last couple of years really that a pursuit for healing it starts with me and as I get healthier my friend Seth talks about this as you get healthier don't work on your marriage work on you work on healing your heart praying that God would stir in you and reveal in you and make in you a, a soft heart and sometimes that feels like weakness you know it feels like you're getting soft and it does for me too I cry more now you know that's a weird thing right I'm this dude right I'm uh, I look like the guy you ought not mess with you know I'm about six feet tall I'm bald I've got broad shoulders I, 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 and I and I get emotional and that's okay and that's changing me all right and, and I see it more as strength today because spiritually I, I'm giving over to a power in into a power that's much bigger than myself and listen, that's not about religion or dogma. That's not what I'm talking about. And if there's anything that I could give to you where you could learn from some of my bloodshed all the way back to episode two of this podcast, 
um, season one, episode two, right? Uh, the reason is you. Jesus would say, God would say, the reason is you. All right? You, behind your eyes. You becoming a better you. You seeing your way out of the darkness. You getting on a spiritual, relentless journey of healing is not selfish. Seeking a better way, seeking a better life, seeking healthy relationships, right? I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to leave you with this. It's from the Bible, all right? This is controversial verse. You're not going to hear most, there's a couple of verses, but you're you're not going to hear most evangelical churches in the United States anyway um, quoting these verses a lot because I believe they find them very, very uncomfortable because it goes to uh, the matters of the self. And a lot of Christians don't know what to do with that because they see it as pride or arrogance. And in that worldview is the ego that they don't see, right? Sitting back there, pointing the finger out and saying, you're selfish, you're prideful, you want to heal. What about your family? We're doing it for our families, right? That's one of the reasons we're doing it. But it starts behind our eyes this process of healing I wish somebody would have told me that back during episode 2 there goes my sump pump here in the basement just turned on as it's sucking the water it is pouring rain here in Seattle go figure right but it has been raining all day long so a lot of water is being sucked out from, from down here as I'm kind of underground I know there's a metaphor or analogy there somewhere, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not. I I was tempted, but I'm going to stick with this. This is uh, from the Psalms, uh, Psalm 82. Uh, This is uh, a a great, great piece of scripture. Jesus quotes this psalm, and I'll read that one to you too. Um, They do not know, nor do they understand. This is verse 5. Um, They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Sons and daughters, all right? We're, We're all children of the Most High. Little gods. Uh, I know that some of you may raise an eyebrow to that, but again, I'm just reading you the Bible, okay? Nevertheless, you will die like men and fall like any one of the princes. Um, Jesus is calling us to a, a higher way of seeing ourselves in this piece of Scripture, Um John, uh, verse 10, we'll start in verse 32. Jesus said to them, 
the Father has enabled me to do many good deeds. I have shown many acts of mercy in your presence, for which these do you mean to stone me? All right, to set the scene, uh, John 10, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the spiritual elites of the day, the megachurch pastors, uh, they're, out to, they're out to kill Jesus. They don't like what he's saying. Right, he's he's the he's a heretic. They're they're calling him a heretic, and they want to kill him for it. They want to stone him for it. Right, so that's verse thirty-two. For which of these do you mean to stone me? All these miracles and stuff that he's done. Right, Um, the Jews replied, "We are not going to stone you for a good act, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, make yourself out to be God." And Jesus answered, "This is verse thirty-four." Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? Question mark. So men are called gods by the law. Men who God's message came and the scripture cannot be set aside or canceled or broken or annulled. All right, so you're going to say that I'm a mystic, that I'm not a, a Bible guy, and that's walking away from, from my spiritual roots as a Christian. Oh, no, 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 no. I love that verse, uh, John 10. I love the whole John 10. That that book of the Bible is another one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, John 10. Uh, but I, I thank you guys for listening, and I want to leave the, the show right there. Um, being on a relentless pursuit of healing is, is a good thing, but it, it is going to be a challenge. It is going to be a journey, but it will make for an interesting life to be sure. All right. Um, I think that one of the things we, we, we feel like we're in this haunted sea, right? With a, with a ship, with a broken rudder. The reason we feel this existential, just crank out the days and, you know, emptiness, I think that comes from not continuing to seek healing and to have faith in the great healer who is a higher power, who is bigger than us. We are the tiny little gods who are like branches on the tree. I I pray that a lot. You know, Jesus talks about this. uh, John 15, I believe. uh, uh, We, we, Jesus, God is the trunk and we are the, the branches. Um, but he also wants those branches to produce good fruit. And that's part of the evidence of, of faith. So, Rather than just be a prevention person or asking the question, how do I stop doing this behavior? Or how, how can I, you know, get another patch or another, you know, gate to, to keep me from the porn? Listen, you work on you. You work on your heart and you watch that stuff melt away. You watch it shed like hair off a dog. All right. A question that I've asked, something that I've brought up on this show before, um, what if sexual addiction, or especially pornography addiction, is sexually repressed loneliness? Does that make sense? Like, there's a repressed energy in there, and that's why we act out. It really is. But what if that sexual 
getting off, right? That desire for that feeling once again to, to take away the pain. What if in that energy there's a kind of loneliness? And what if that loneliness could be harnessed for good? Um, my friend Seth Taylor, one of the scriptures that he likes to bring up a lot, and I love this too, uh, speaking of John in the Bible, the book of John, uh, these are the words of Jesus. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfast believes in me, he will himself or herself, right, be able to do things that I do. He will do even greater things than the, than these things that I've done because of the Father, Right? That's that's in the Bible. Jesus says, you will do greater things than I. That's that's amazing. That's very hopeful. And what if this deep spiritual peace is calling out to us in that energy of loneliness? Uh, this is a, a song that, that Seth chose. I, I sent a text to Seth say, hey... I'm looking for a song to close out this uh, this episode. This episode I've titled "The Relentless Pursuit of Healing." Some some bumper music, right? Looking for requests because listen, as for me, I'm looking to actually you know go back and practice what I preach, right? To actually live out this story. And, and I mean, seriously, I have to go back and listen to my own show sometimes. This is very true. So putting some action, some work, right? Being co-active with listening to this podcast is what I'm going to challenge you with in this episode, as I myself am doing, learning from God, walking with the Spirit, on this relentless pursuit of healing. I love you guys. I, I do mean that sincerely. Russ at ASI247.org if you'd like to send an email. Uh, ASI247.org is the website. If you would like to, to go uh, be a co-producer, keep the message of this show rolling on, uh, I would so appreciate that. This is an artist named David Wilcox. The song is titled, That's What the Lonely is For. Grace, love, and peace, my ASI homies. Pray that you have a great week. If you're Americans, my fellow Americans out there, take a deep breath. All right, this election thing, it's going to be all right. I, too, am learning to calm the stress motor that keeps worrying in my my chest right here, all right? And again, I would implore you to not just go after a, right, a prevention type of attitude towards stress, anxiety, addiction, but a healing attitude, a healing of the heart and soul, a softening of our of our hearts. All right? Here you go. This is David Wilcox on the ASI Podcast Bumper. Till next time, bye. Is it a curse or a blessing, this palace of promise, when the empty chill makes you weep? With only the 
thin fire of romance to warm you These halls are too tall and deep But when I get lonely Now that's only a sign Some room is empty But that room is there by design If I feel hollow That's just my proof that there's more for me to follow That's what the lonely is for But you can seal up the pain Build walls in the hallways Close off a small room to live in But those walls will remain To keep you there always And you'll never know why you were given Why you were given the lonely Some room is empty If you feel hollow, that's just your proof that there's more you need to follow. That's what the lonely is for, for the depth of your dreams, the height of your wishes, the length of your vision to see. The hope of your heart is much bigger than this, for it's made out of what might be. 